0: The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com
1: and follow us on Twitter at @realtheunderdog. You're listening to the Underdog Sports NBA show. Cross with host Tyler Laurie and Zandric Ellison you by underdog sports tune in every week as tyler and zan recaps of biggest storylines and news in the nba welcome to episode 114 of the underdog sports nba show i am tyler laurie and i'm joined as always by my co-host smiling ear to ear in la zandrick ellison zan how are you today
0: am i smiling ear to ear
1: well, this is the first podcast I think we're going to have in the history. Let's say we've done 114 episodes, done some mini episodes. Like let's say we're at like 125, 130 episodes. This might be the first episode where I'm critical of James Harden, and wow. I'm not super. I'm not super excited. Wasn't super excited to record this morning after the Lakers win on Thursday night. Which well,
0: you uh, know, I can't gloat. As much as fun as I like making fun of you and your James Harden love. I thought the Rockets would be more competitive, and I thought Milwaukee would not lose four-one. I don't care about the Giannis injury, so I don't feel like I—I I thought I had such a good handle on the NBA in round one. Don't feel that way in round two. Um, well,
1: we both picked Milwaukee, Miami. We'll, we'll talk about, but like we both picked the Lakers and Sixers. Lakers six, and Sixers, yeah. And and I think the. Rockets I thought have- I thought
0: Houston would win one of the you know. Three or four, and really make it feel more competitive than it's been.
1: I mean, the only egg they've really laid was Thursday night. They ended up losing one ten to one hundred. It was never really that close. Like they were down sixteen at half, and I think you know Vogel finally, JaVale McGee zero minutes did not did not start uh, did not play, and I think that was finally a smart decision from Frank Vogel because really the minutes that JaVale's been in the game have just been so bad for Houston, but or so bad for the Lakers. But I, I think like the Lakers, the one thing that They look really good defensively. Like I haven't been, I don't particularly expect like Rondo and Caruso and Kuzma to all have like randomly like very good games and shoot the ball super well against the Clippers in the second round. But I think defensively it's been very impressive to me to watch how Danny Green and KCP and all these like bench guys who don't get a lot of credit have done on Houston's guards and done on James Harden and and implemented adjustments and game plans and things like that. And I thought you could tell thursday night that houston just was kind of done like early like they didn't make shots they've been limited in terms of their three-point attempts which is tough you know they're not even getting as many threes as they were and i think that if the lakers defend like that it's it's going to be an interesting series against the clippers and i'm not saying like there's there's not a zero chance that the rockets come back but it's got to be super low low. it's pretty
0: low because it's like you know we said like houston's chance to win this series would be if the Lakers are just like stubborn and don't adjust quickly enough, yeah. But if they do play the right pieces, then the Lakers match up pretty well. I mean, like you're trying to play small ball against the team that has like Anthony Davis potentially playing center. I mean, like you're going to be a little outgunned there.
1: And it's like you know they've doubled Harden and and or they've you know had Davis on Russell Westbrook and like we've had seen Davis in the double team. We've seen Markeith Morris in the double team. So they're sending one big and one small. And the Lakers also have, other than Rondo, like who's very, who's got a lot of length, like the, the Lakers guards are big. Like they have tall, like longer guards. And I think we've seen how that's bothered the Rockets. And one of the things with the Rockets is just, Daniel House aside, you know, I, I think that was a very important thing. In no, I series. do.
0: I actually really do too. You know, obviously missed a couple games because of, I think it's out there. Bringing it yeah. Okay. Supposedly with-
1: he had a, covid tester into his room which is
0: why is that illegal i mean think against protocol
1: it's funny right because if they find out that this isn't like illegal like daniel house is saying he did nothing wrong and if they find out it isn't illegal then like again i don't know that they would have won the series with daniel house i'm dubious they would have based on just how hard it's been for them to score without harden and how westbrook has been so up and down like but the issue is the rockets are just not able to adjust when Harden isn't able to get guys as many shots, right? And we've seen Harden be, like, he was super lackadaisical on Thursday night. Like, he's been good defensively. And even against, like, Oklahoma City in game seven, he made some plays on the defensive end. He was still competing. I thought once he picked up his third foul in the second quarter, it was an offensive foul and, like, a rip-through where he made the layup. He thought it was going to be an and one. And they called an offensive foul on him for kind of, like, clearing Marquise Morris out. And, and I thought you could tell at that point in time, like, he was just done. And I think that's been one of the biggest criticisms with Harden is that, when things aren't going well, you know, like you said, like he just kind of wants to beat traffic, right? Like he just kind of wants to not be there. And if they lay an egg in game five and he plays really poorly, it's going to be really hard to ignore the criticisms of, of just his psyche in the playoffs. Not even like he's not an effective player.
0: He's still good. It's like a bad body language thing. That's like steel bill Simmons, but it's like if you're a teammate of his and he looks sort of lethargic, even if he's playing well, it just doesn't pick you up. It doesn't increase your intensity. And I think you're right. I think the house thing is like a trickle-down effect because it's like a thin team to begin yep. with, playing heavy minutes, you know, having a tough first-round series. kind of old. I mean, you know, Westbrook's 31. He looks older um, in terms of how the grind and mileage. Eric Gordon's 31. He looks much older. Um, P.J. Tucker's 34. He doesn't, he,
1: doesn't, he doesn't look that old, but, like, then you see him play like he did Thursday night where he just can't shoot like he just doesn't make shots and it's like man like they, they can't stomach they're not a good enough team unless Harden gets like 60 for no role players to play well right. and, and,
0: and like not having house means you're playing Jeff Green a lot more who's 33 he's
1: actually been he's not been bad.
0: good and if he's been effective you know he's had runs but still like you know you don't love him guarding everybody um and so it does suck I, I sympathize with you in this sense like everyone's been like claiming on social media and online and on tv like this is like an indictment against Maury and against Harden and against the whole approach like the gleeful you know demise of analytics I guess but it's just like a flawed team it's just not that good of a supporting cast it's probably Harden's one of his worst supporting casts in the last few years
1: yeah it's interesting because like Covington gets injured at the end of game three takes like just a it's not even, like, it was just, like, a bang-bang play. Like, it's just basketball basketball's a contact sport, and his, his head and nose just goes straight into Anthony Davis's, like, elbow-shoulder area. Thought his nose kind of, like, almost was broken, but turns out not a broken nose, and, and they said he didn't have a concussion. This is the second Rockets player to, like, have a head injury in the Lakers series and then come back and play kind of not as well after. Covington just didn't look like himself on Thursday. And, you know, the other thing is, like, they have a lot of very – it's interesting, right, like, the whole three-point shooting – small ball team like lots of iso like that's designed to decrease your variance right zan like essentially over the course of a season if you shoot as many threes as possible you're gonna likely shoot to your expectation is the thought process but the rockets have so many high variance guys right like covington is either playing amazing and he's great defensively or he's like just brutal on offense like russ we don't even have to talk about we talk about him so much eric gordon it's like one game it's like damn he gets to the rim at will like but now, like, he can't dribble, he's getting his stuff, like, thrown off the backboard by Anthony Davis, like, he's not making threes, it's, it's just odd, Ben McLemore, if he's not making threes, he's totally useless, like you said, Jeff Green, he's had some good offensive games, but then, like, in game two, he just got, like, abused by LeBron James, like, uh, just absolutely just abused by LeBron, and I think that it's, like, a situation with Houston where I don't know what they do, you know, like, I, we talked about this with Mike D'Antoni, like, are they not going to re-up his contract like it, it just seems so odd to me like you've, you've gone all in on this you have your contract situations are are relatively fluid you, you know you re-signed Eric Gordon like Harden and are on maxes like you traded for Robert Covington on a fair deal like what what are the Rockets going to do like you can get rid of Austin Rivers who's been totally useless but then you can only find so many like Daniel House type guys and to be honest with you Zan like if we're going to sit here and say like the difference between you taking the Lakers to seven and you looking like you have no shot against the Lakers is that Daniel house decided he couldn't go, you know, 60 days without bringing a girl in. Like then you, your team has bigger problems than probably we anticipated. And this is not to say that the Lakers aren't great and that Vogel hasn't done an off awesome job defensively. I think his adjustments have been tremendous, but it's like,
0: well, we thought the Houston had more upside and it's, I would stand by stubbornly the idea that this is the right approach still it's just yeah. the wrong personnel it's like missed cast you know it's like i'm trying to think of a movie example i was just watching do you ever see the francis ford coppola dracula movie no it's it's not good i don't know if it <laughs> could have been good but you know great director in the as you know gary oldman is dracula it's kind of a traditional approach and then you have this young british couple who do you get to play the young british couple keanu reeves and winona Ryder. that's pretty keanu. good Keanu is just, like, so out of his element. (laughs) Like, he can't do an accent. He can't emote. I mean, it's just, like, a disaster. It's one of the worst performances you'll see. Um, And so I do feel like there's an element of the Rockets where it's, like, they want to be a small ball team. They want to be a three-point shooting team. They've shot the most threes. But like you said, it's, it's really just, like, a volume thing. Yeah. Because they're not really a great shooting team. They're 24th in percentage, 34%. And it's, like... Gordon shot 31% this year. Covington shot 31% for the Rockets. Like, these are not knockdown shooters.
1: And even P.J. Tucker, who is, you know, leads the NBA in three corner threes and leads the playoffs in corner threes, like, he's not, like, a knockdown guy. And to expect him to carry the load he does defensively and then just always make corner threes, like – it's really tough, you know, and I don't and know. And
0: obviously, Westbrook's like one of the worst volume three-point shooters of all time. It, I mean, it's it, like,
1: yeah, he, he really is, and it, and it stinks, Zan. Like, it stinks that like, quad injury or not, may, you know, like you said, like maybe this is just foreshadowing the rest of his career. Like, maybe this is who he is. It seems it seems unlikely that that's the case. At least right now, it, it seems very likely that it will be the case. But it sucks because like, they finally got him under control, and before the restart, and even when the restart happened, before he pulled his quad like he was still playing the same way that was like impossible for teams to guard and it's like the Lakers aren't closing out on him anymore they know he's going to shoot jumpers and so when they double Harden like they're totally fine with the ball getting swung to Westbrook and like he just won't take space like I thought last night I'm sorry I thought Thursday night that when they doubled Harden and he has been so lackadaisical on how he's thrown passes versus the double like the amount of kicked balls and, and times he's like bitching for a kicked ball because like somebody steals it from him. it's like it sucks because he is an amazing passer, but like I thought that they would, they would have him kind of start the offense a little higher. So the double has to come out a little higher. He could back dribble or bounce pass through it. And he throw the ball to Russ, like just around the foul line and then play four on three, but he can't do that. Cause he wants to shoot a mid range jumper. He's not confident going to the rim right now. And we, we know his troubles as a passer at the moment. And like Houston, if he can't do that, Houston has no one else. They, they literally have no one else. And now, like, the Lakers are just not helping on, like, Eric Gordon drives. They're not helping on, like, Jeff Green drives. Because they know, like, these guys aren't going to shoot floaters. They're not going to shoot mid-range jumpers unless it's Russ. And if they don't help, these guys aren't great finishers. So, like, other than Harden, there's just nothing to do. So, like, when he's – you know, his energy level needs to be so much higher and he has to just work so hard to get guys shots. And if it's not happening, then Houston – can't get shots like that's what's been the most amazing part about it is like i think like they shot i think they shot 40 44 threes last night no they were okay so they were 12 for 30 from three in game three and then last night they were i think they were 14 for 40 or 14 for 44 or something but
0: like they were 14
1: for 33 so they've shot they've shot 63 threes in two games like they can't win shooting that many threes they have to shoot more
0: well it's funny that like early on after game one. They won game one, right? They sort of like, they did it. They cracked the code, you know, um, celebrate Maury. And now it's just, who do we blame? Why is this wrong? Like, whose fault is this? And there was a lot of reports I saw, like, leaked saying, talking about the Westbrook trade. And I'm not a Westbrook fan, obviously. But we talked ourselves into the logic of it. Like, he can play fast. He can play big. He's different than Chris Paul. Um,
1: Which he can do.
0: No, definitely. But... uh then there was reports that like Maury didn't want him, you know, and the owners forced the, his hand. Like, do you <laughs> buy that?
1: No. What? I mean, I didn't see that. I don't know where that's what I read. That.
0: I read that even not even Coach D'Antoni, Daryl Maury, GM of the Stars, um, he didn't really want Westbrook. He wanted to keep Chris Paul, but the owner Tillman Fritada or whatever
1: that is correct. That's his name. <laughs> like
0: demanded it because he didn't want to pay Chris Paul's salary and. Maybe he thought Westbrook was a star or whatever. It's hard for me to believe that he would overrule like, one of the most respected GMs in the league, but um, I don't know. We know,
1: had their, we know they have, they've had their issues, and we know that he's... And, and having- yeah, because
0: like, you would say that you know, Maury and Westbrook don't seem like a match to me in heaven analytically.
1: They, um. love, they, they love Russ, though. I mean, I'm not saying they love how he plays, and I don't know how, I, I how Daryl Morey interacts with the team on a day-to-day basis, so I can't, I can't speak to this specifically, but I know their coaching staff is huge fans of his, and I think they feel like he's been really good for the team because the days where we get the Harden that we saw on Thursday night are so much fewer and far between now. Like, more, more often we, we would get the Harden that we saw in Game 7 against Oklahoma City that was still – Focused and locked in, and trying to make plays, even though he wasn't making shots.
0: Like, so what do you think the reaction would be? Say they they lose badly, God. and and it is you know embarrassing fashion. They yeah, lose like the twenty and they give up.
1: If if they lose on Saturday, the takes are going to be so bad. It's but what would sad. you do?
0: Like, do you think there is going to be like an overcorrection? Like, I am reminded of D'Antoni. Um, actually, I think it was Alvin Gentry by then. Like in Phoenix, when young Steve Kerr was the GM, and he's like, "This isn't working. We have to go traditional. Let's bring in Shack." um do you think there'll be like not that level of an overcorrection but sort of like small ball didn't work let's let's get a big center back let's trade for andre drummond or something like that
1: (laughs) i don't i don't know i honestly like i hate to sit here and give you that answer like you know here's what i'll say what if it's not the ryan's fault like what if you know obviously the way things have gone like We've talked about this in the past. Like the Rockets have been measured about not being able to beat the Warriors, and like that's nothing to be ashamed of. But ultimately, it goes down in history as like you didn't win a title in that time period, right? This Lakers team is good. Like I don't know that they're better than the Clippers. I think this is a good thing for them to see how good they can be without playing big, because like you're gonna you're gonna want to play big against the Clippers, right? Like you're gonna you're gonna see Zubac and Frank Vogel's yeah, gonna the be Clippers
0: like, are gonna want to go big, and that's you know yeah. I think. I think they, they want to, like, bait the Lakers into playing big, too, because Jameel McGee's
1: okay, but he, – White's not... been good in his minutes, too, by the way. Like, they've, they've right. been fine in their minutes. Not in the minutes in this series, but overall this season, both guys have been fine in their minutes. But it's
0: not, like, your ideal, right, like, playoff starting lineup to have Jamil McGee out there. Like, the Warriors got away with it because they had, like, such a good team. Yeah.
1: Um, but then when they played Verge out too many minutes, it, it cost them – a, a, right. You know, four straight titles, if you will. So, like, I, I just think that the Lakers are good. I think Frank Vogel, for all the comments people made about how like LeBron's coaching the team, he's had some unbelievable defensive adjustments. Anthony and, and Davis, LeBron,
0: like you know, he's inconsistent, yes. as odd as that sounds. His effort yeah. and his performance, but look, it's like the swagger. It's just sort of like the king mentality. Like, I was going to ask you this question, like, because the Lakers have Anthony Davis. Obviously, he's like a top five player, whatever he is. Great sidekick mediocre supporting cast if you just flipped them, Harden goes to the Lakers LeBron goes to the Rockets who would win this series
1: the Lakers I think I mean I don't I, I don't I mean, know I Hard, don't Harden know. has been okay so for all the criticisms of James Harden like he's still averaging 30 points a game shooting like 47 40 85 from the field like you know it's not like again we tend to because Harden and the Rockets are so synonymous with each other right because it's like it's like Deere Morey, James Harden, like the Rockets. They play this wild style. Like we tend to be incredibly critical of the Rockets' performance and James Harden's performance as one and the same, right? And I, I, I said to you, like I thought he played terrible on Thursday night, despite the fact that his stats looked a little bit better. But like, it, it's not like this guy still isn't playing thirty-eight minutes a game, averaging thirty-eight and five and one and a half steals. You know, like he's right, he still is maybe, a positive. Maybe we've just like you're allowed
0: you're, the old. 90s mentality of if you're the best player you should win the title. You should
1: win. Yeah. Like here's the thing, Luka Doncic, right? Like let's talk about an amazing season Luka had. Like they they lost the Clippers. He had a great moment, but like they they in games 5 and 6 when Porzingis was hurt, like they didn't have a chance and like people were so cr- like excited about Luka because he's only 20 and and who knows what the rest of his ceiling looks like. But now we're seeing James in his prime and like it's just like that's what we do to him. Like and again, like LeBron is a guy that's gotten this type of heat his entire career because when you when your team is built specifically for you or by you and we don't know how much you know maybe Harden went behind Tony's back and said I want Russell Westbrook Right, here. that's knows? very
0: possible like we, we don't possible. know because he has more juice than than I think Maury at this point because for is a fatata or whatever the <laughs> league term is um but it, but you know what I'm saying it's like, weird. So,
1: so we don't we don't actually know kind of like what's happened but in this situation like I just think that the Lakers are really good I think they're the, their combination of size and then like the skill of LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's just, it's a tough matchup for anybody. Uh, I also, don't, by
0: the way, like I think the league should have more of a screening for owners.
1: Like for this Furtado guy Furtado is, seems like a, a douche. Real, he's just a real piece of work. Like, real piece or of
0: like work. Daniel Snyder in Washington. Like he's not like a bad guy. Like he's not
1: um they're billionaires that's what that's what you kind of are right but for Tata, like he was the one like begging for like a super high interest loan during the pandem- like, right. pandemic or, or even on, like but-
0: you know dan knows sick right now and he's done a pretty good job as owner but i think he made his money by like like cheating people out of money or something yeah. well, like, so i don't let, know it's kind of let
1: weird. me put a bow in this rockets discussion just really quick because i do want to talk a little bit more about like the lakers because i think it's impressive that they've actually I'm thinking,
0: the, I'm thinking of the cleveland Browns
1: owner I apologize Jimmy like Jimmy Haslam he like had some lawsuit where they he's the worst he's the worst all right so for the Rockets next year we're talking about like and again this is maybe a a bit premature like hopefully they come out and win game five just so we get more basketball with this specific team in this series because it'd be interesting to see if the Rockets were able to adjust and who knows we don't know anything about Daniel House like we have no idea right so I'm going to assume that they're going to lose game five but, like, they have Russ, they have Harden, they have Eric Gordon, they have Covington, they have P.J. Tucker, they have Daniel House. Like, so that top six is all under contract for next year. Austin Rivers has a player option. And then they don't really have any other catch space. So those six guys are going to be back. So do you really think, Zan, like, unless you do, like, decide, like, all right, we're going to trade James Harden. Like, you don't have any trade chips. They don't have any draft picks. Like, why in the world would you blow this up? I'm not saying that it's going to work. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But, like – If you blow it up, it's a rebuild. There's no in between.
0: No, and and those guys are on a contract for so much money. I think what they would have to do is, like, this team was built, you know, partly for analytics, partly for math, but also partly to beat the Warriors. That was sort of, like, their idea. And they came close-ish, you know. I I do think that series was a lot, you know, more, I don't know, one-sided, but Golden State was better than than you. Golden
1: State, two years ago, Two years ago, if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, like, we, we got robbed of an opportunity to see if they really could have beaten Golden State. The, Maybe. La, <laughs> but last, year's, last year's series, they they just weren't as right. good, even though Harden was really good. But you that remember series.
0: that, like, you know, Chris Paul was hurt, but I, I just looked it up today. The 4-3 series that, you know, Houston had, seemed in control of almost one. What was the point differential?
1: It didn't... I, I'm, what do we care about that? It was 3-2 going no, to Golden I, State. And if, Chris, if no, I don't. I don't. Chris, Chris Paul tore his hamstring, though. Like, what are you talking about? They... They, play, they played the last two games of the series, which they got blown out in game six. They got absolutely blown out in game six, but they played it without Chris Paul. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, they played the two games, the last two games of that series, including game seven at home, which was closer than like the score okay. was. Well,
0: let's say, what's the point differential of the first four games?
1: I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. And it it, was I, Golden
0: State plus 20. The series ended up being Golden State plus
1: 63. Right, but they, um, it was a 30 point, game five was a 30 no, point no, no, win. No,
0: saying, but in the first four, they were, you know, Winning
1: by five Okay, so what were they in the what were they in the fifth? Because obviously it was no, no.
0: I, it was sixty three total. So it, I think it was like t- plus twenty. And
1: players. in game five, they only won by like two or something. Because Chris Paul made a, like a floater at the end of game five to like win the game. And they like, were low
0: Houston won games. the two close games basically,
1: right? Um, which is somewhat random. But the bottom line is like you're just saying you got to win one out of two, but you don't have your best player, and one's a home game. Like I, I'm not saying that they could have beaten the Rockets or they w- or they could have beaten the Warriors or they would have. I'm just saying we got robbed of an opportunity to see if the Rockets at full strength were good enough to beat the Warriors. We didn't look, get to right. see. So it.
0: getting back to my main, main point like, so they were built to beat Golden State basically. Looks like next year I think you're still looking at the Clippers, you're still looking at, you know, the Lakers. It's probably the best teams, right?
1: Um, I don't know why that would shift. Maybe right. I mean who knows, maybe Golden State like
0: So you need nice. somebody to, you need somebody to guard Kwai, you need somebody to guard LeBron. You need a little more size I think at the wing. And you know, House is pretty good. Um, I just don't think it's Eric Gordon. I mean, he's under contract for four more years though, which is they extended scary. him
1: they extended him so quickly too. Like when he had been right. injured, like, he had a I, bad year. I, I last think this year. team
0: He's not bad. Like I joke though. about it all the time, but like if they had four Robert Covingtons, if they had two Robert Covingtons instead of Eric Gordon, I think they'd be better off. Like they yeah. just need a little more size.
1: Yeah, and they, and they need a little bit more creation too. That's the other thing. Like they just need to find We joke about this all the time where like, you know, last year with the Sixers or two years ago with the Sixers, like when Embiid was off the floor, like they just, they just crumbled. Like Harden has an individual plus minus in net rating, like take it for whatever you will. But like the, the Rockets are plus points with Harden on the floor and he has positive net rating. And yet they're, like I said, it feels like the last two games, just they haven't been able to, find a way to win like it just feels like they're outclassed and again like with Harden and their you know random little roster like they've been okay but he can't play 45 minutes a game and there's some arguments to say that he can't play 39 minutes a game right like that that exists and he's never going to be in the shape to play like what we saw Kyle Lowry and like Fred Van Vliet do on uh Wednesday night against the Celtics was like unbelievable like those guys were playing 50 minutes like still giving you everything they had. like that's not who Harden is unfortunately it's a big flaw in his kind of arsenal is that he's not capable of giving you those types of performances in the 50 and 60 minutes if he has to or even 45 minutes right like he's not right. capable of doing that really he hasn't shown him his ability to do it so so
0: like instead of saying like what but I always think like it's what did the Warriors do wrong I mean Rockets do wrong whose fault is it like, what did they do right? They're, you know, in the top eight again, you know? And I tend to think that's, like, the cutoff to me. Like, if you can win a first-round series, then it's worth You're tweaking. Good, yeah. and it's worth, like, continuing. Um, and, you know, it was a tough matchup. The scary thing from their perspective is, like, the Lakers might be better next year. Because, like, they couldn't really figure their roster out, you know, in a panicked rush this this season. But if they add – let's say Darren Collison, let's say they add another like wing where they trade Kuzma, like the, the Lakers could be better next year.
1: They could, they, could be, they could be way better next year. Right. Way better. They, they, have, they have guys that, like literally just taking up space who do good things because like they're playing with Anthony Davis and LeBron, but like you add yourself like a really capable wing, like a really capable like guy who can guard two through four, like the Lakers are really good next year, assuming we get the same performance from LeBron, which, you know, there's no reason to think we won't, right?
0: Yeah, no. At this point, it's hard to hard to estimate that he's gonna like hit the wall. It's like until you see it happen. I mean, it's like a slow decline, but it's like um, you know, it's like evaporation. Like it's taking its time. That's for sure. Guys, did someone say
1: playoffs? NBA and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA playoff bracket contest that gives you more chances to win. Major League Baseball continues to push through the summer, and there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action, as BetOnline has hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. Please take advantage of every sport, and remember, our casino never closes. It's always there for you to check out and enjoy. Head to the website today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you go to Bet Online, don't forget the promo code P O D C A S T O N E. That is Podcast One for your sign-up bonus. That is Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: All right, so let's talk about the other sort of failure, I guess, of the playoffs. I think the most shocking thing is Milwaukee just getting bounced yeah, so, so easily.
1: So let's talk about the first first part about it. Okay, uh, they lose. Giannis doesn't play Game Five after the game Giannis does like an interview I don't know if he did it with Chris Haynes before the game or he did it right after the game but gives an interview and it it makes it seem like he's not requesting a trade like he's not going to pull in Anthony Davis and like not play minutes then Shams comes out and says that like the Rock the Bucks are gonna offer Giannis a supermax like great reporting there Shams like phenomenal scoop but seems like Giannis, this whole, like, they're going to trade Giannis. Are they going to trade Giannis? Is he going to walk thing? Like, for right now, it feels like that's not going to happen. I I would say, like, if we were handicapping it, right, it's probably like a 50% chance Giannis signs the $250 million deal this offseason, right, Zam? Like, do you think it's that high, or do you think it's less? His comments. His comments make it seem like he wants to be there. He doesn't seem like the type of guy to just say that. That doesn't seem like who Giannis is. Not saying it isn't but but i would have have, said
0: that about durant i would have said that about anthony davis you know i is there a cap to like how big of a media star he's going to be because he's you know greek and doesn't you know he's not the most um english is pretty good but he's not like going to be starring in space jam (laughs) four
1: yeah i don't know i i think he'll sign the extension i think and I also think this, unless he tells you he's not resigning or he tells you he wants a trade, I'm not trading him before. I'm going to, I'm going to risk letting him walk for nothing because he's that good. And you can win a title next year. We heard yeah, Bud's job. We heard Bud's job is safe, which probably makes sense. I mean, he's been a quite a good regular season coach, and there are some issues to kind of figure out, but like, we talked a little bit about the Bucks' future before, just kind of assuming they were going to lose the series just because nobody's come back from three Oh before. And I don't know. Maybe it's a, maybe, the, maybe the stoppage really hurt him. Dante DiVincenzo, like, never seemed to get back to normal. Eric Bledsoe was not good again in the playoffs. This is two playoff series in a row that the Bucs have lost where he's just averaged, like, 12 points on 35% shooting, and it's kind of an issue. They are capped out. Obviously, Middleton is quite good. Giannis is the MVP. Brooke Lopez is old. I don't know what they do. Marvin Williams retired, right? So Marvin Williams is done. Wes Matthews looks like he's close to done. Kyle Corver, he's talking about like what he's gonna do. It's amazing that we're saying these names, that they're important for the Bucs, but like this is a team that there doesn't appear to be a ton more upward mobility, right? They were the one seed, they're old, they have their specific playing style. It's it's weird to me. And it's really odd because I don't know what they do really. It's it's not like they have guys like waiting in the wings to come and play. So they're going to run it back and what are they going to do different? We were like, well, what are they going to do different this year? And we all thought it was like Giannis was going to shoot it better, Bud was going to adjust better, and, like, those things didn't happen. So what do you think? Like, what's what's next?
0: I think you got to run it back. I mean, I I just – you know, like, the Clippers got some flack for, like, trading the farm for Paul George and just really going all in on something that could last for two years, this run. But, like, that's the point, right? I mean – same with Toronto last year. Like, that might not have worked, and, and we've said it before. It, even if it didn't work, even if Kawhi, they lost in round two and Kawhi left, it was still worth it. If you're close, you got to take a shot, you know? I think,
1: yeah, I think you have to as well. I just don't 30 know. 30 teams
0: in the league, you're not going to have an opportunity to win a title every few years. Like, it might come around once in, like, your lifetime. and <laughs> You really have to take full advantage of it, and I agree with you. Even if you told me Giannis was leaving – for sure next year, I might just say, Hey, let's just try to win a title like last dance style, you know, like let's just do one for the road and and just really give it our best shot. Cause we probably are never going to get here again.
1: Yeah. that's what I think too. And again, it's a small market team. So like, you've got to, you've got to kind of, weigh your options here like look he's the biggest star like we have probably ever had I don't know I, I you know I've, I've not been to Milwaukee since he's been on the team but I know that like the NBA is marketing him and I know that people like Giannis he seems like a super likable guy but like you may never replace the value of Giannis in a trade and this particular coming season where you know like they, they know 100% like with Giannis and Chris Middleton like we're gonna be a top two seed Right, they know that. There, there's just no way. Even even if you right. think like, my, If
0: you told me you could get Anthony Davis or Luka Doncic or somebody who could really be like a cornerstone for the next ten years, you might consider it, but it's just not gonna happen. I mean, you're gonna end up with like the equivalent of like a DeMar DeRozan type placeholder star. Yeah. yeah and it's just really true. not like we see with the Spurs. It's just not worth sort of just being stuck in the middle.
1: Yeah. And when we talk about this with the Bucs, like we talk about the whole like, oh, Buttonholzer can play guys more minutes. Like there's different things he can do. But like Miami, you just got to tip your caps. They, they are playing as good as a team as we've seen any team play in, probably until the Lakers for the last three games, honestly. But they they know their roles. They have a couple different guys that can score down the stretch. They're super comfortable with Tyler Hero with the ball in the fourth quarter, which is awesome. Jimmy has the ball a ton, but Goran Dragic also has the ball a ton. Bam figures out a way to get things done. Duncan Robinson just makes every open shot. They, they, Iggy's been fine. He's certainly not been great, but he's been fine. Derek Jones in his minutes has been really good. Olenek has been a, a, a really capable contributor for them. Myers Leonard, our guy off the bench, reverse Ant-Man. I just think that, like, this Heat team, you know, I know your your brother Dondrick said, like, they were definitely going to win. And I, I mentioned him a bunch of times that I thought they were a tough matchup, but, like, they just – they just beat the Bucs and again they, they caught a ton of breaks right like they they caught most of the breaks but it's just it's been impressive to me that like Eric Spolstra has this team playing this specific style and it, it's just I'm impressed with the Heat and I don't know why I wouldn't I don't know why we wouldn't think the Heat wouldn't be the favorites in the Eastern Conference Finals against either Boston or Toronto like Boston and Toronto are in the middle of like a freaking heavyweight fight where they're just beating the crap out of each other. The Heat have time to rest, and they're comfortable playing physical. Why wouldn't the Heat be the favorite in the East right now over either one of them?
0: It'll be close. It'll be competitive, and I'm glad you know, Toronto and Boston It's probably done by the time you hear this, but it, it's been a great series you know, competitive series, even yeah, if we're it feels recording. a little bit of, like an afterthought.
1: We're recording on on Friday morning. Game seven is Friday night at nine. So this might be up before that or not. It, it may not be, but obviously game, yeah, it, game six of that series was probably the best game of the playoffs. I would
0: reject this idea that like Milwaukee or Houston, they're not built for the playoffs. I've read that recently. They're
1: both built for the
0: playoffs. <laughs> if if a team built around Giannis isn't built for the playoffs, why is a team built around Jimmy Butler built for the playoffs? He's not, like not that much better of a shooter. He shot worse this year and he shot less often this year from three. Um, And he's probably just like a worse version of Giannis. You know, his mentality might be a little better, but, uh, and he just has a great supporting cast. Bam's been great. You know, can you imagine Giannis with a bam or something?
1: There are a lot of takes out there that like Jimmy is a better player than Giannis. And like, he might be a more capable playoff player. His roster is certainly better fit together, but like, come on now guys. Like, are we really doing this thing where like Giannis has failed in the playoffs two years in a row? He's 25 years old. He's coming off back-to-back MVPs. His numbers are ridiculous. And and we're really going to like do this thing where he's just not, we think he's not capable of winning in the playoffs. Like he's definitely capable of winning in the playoffs. It just sucks. So, you know, the, the
0: Miami is so dangerous because they play morey ball, let's say. It's pretty similar. They shoot the second-least twos compared to Houston is the, is the least. And they shoot top 10 in threes and top 10 in free throws. But they're, unlike the Rockets, like, actually a very good shooting team, you know, even without Bam and Jimmy shooting well. Just, like, surround them with shooters. I mean, they're just, like – and Tyler Hero, man. <laughs> I mean, we talk about him all the time. I somebody like compared, it. Somebody compared him to – Devin Booker on Reddit I saw and just with the
1: stats and they were very similar yeah he's maybe he's maybe a little better on the defensive end than Devin Booker was he's certainly he's not quite as good of a shooter and he is but his feel man like I I I talked about this before where it's like you watch him and you're like damn it looks like he's really good in pick and roll and in fact he has been terrible in pick and rolls this year but like down the stretch in game five like he's running pick and roll and like making floaters and like hitting bam for lobs and it's like this guy might be a star like I don't Like, here's the thing. They're obviously two years apart, right? Or one year apart. But, like, we, we watched, like, everyone kind of talk about how great they thought Shea Gilders Alexander was. Like, I can't tell you for sure that I'd rather have SGA than Tyler Hero for the rest of their career. I literally can't tell you that for sure. And I like both of them, but, like, if you said one of them had a chance to be an All-NBA player, I don't know that it's SGA, right? Like, I, I think Tyler Hero is probably a higher ceiling just because of the shooting. Yeah, it, it... –
0: I think he's going to be a genuine star. I, I would be very reluctant to trade him. Remember, there's so much talk about trading him during the draft, maybe for Chris Paul. Um, and Chris and Paul how, played really well, but
1: but how stupid, how stupid? How stupid were were we for just assuming like Miami was just not going to be like? Because we said like I, I think both of us liked Miami. Like we were both pretty high on Miami and and picked him like fifth or fourth like in the winds draft. I don't I don't recall for the East, but. And that's right where they finished, but like they're playing their best basketball at this particular time of the year, and it's it's fun to watch. Like Bam is a star, man. Like that guy is so good defensively. Like he's so important to what they do. They can go small or big. Their bigs can all make shots. Bam can make a mid-range jumper too, and he has all those weird-ass floaters. Like they just, it's fun, man. The Heat are fun to watch. Like they they are really fun to watch, and it it felt like they they stepped up to the Bucks, like like I said just like chest out and took like Jimmy's personality and were like we're not afraid of anybody you know and I think it's fun cuz they'll play Boston or Toronto the same way and and those two teams also sort of play that super physical style like I mean I I don't I don't know who I'd rather see win game 7 on Friday night I think both teams have been so fun to watch I I just I don't know, like Marcus Smart. Like if he was on my team, he'd probably be my favorite. Like if he was on the Rockets, for example, like I'd love Marcus Smart. But he's so well, frustrating. Know,
0: that's a great life. point about Marcus Smart because I don't like Marcus Smart either. Actually, I know you like him. I, I don't like him either. I'm comparing him to Russell Westbrook, but I'm like, if he was just playing the Russell Westbrook role for a fourth of the salary, like maybe that was the way to go.
1: He's a much better shooter than Russ. I
0: yeah, I mean, I think he's almost perfect because he could guard bigger guys. He has the energy. He's a better defender um he's a better shooter as you said and obviously he's not available he also can they're not trading he can also
1: he can also play make too like he's he's a point guard like that was what he used to be and so but again that's that's not happening but it's just like those those guys like like kyle gives toronto so much confidence right like marcus smart gives like you know obviously boston has really good players right like tatum's really good jalen brown's really good but like kemba's really good but like marcus smart like gives them a little bit of an edge and like jimmy butler like you know he gives miami that edge and I think like when you look at teams I, I hate to say this because like this is just such a stupid coaching cliche but it's like when you look at teams with identities like you're talking about this right like I don't you talked about it with the Clippers a little bit I don't really buy the Clippers having an identity as like the tough guys right I don't buy like that they they look to Marcus Morris or like they look to Patrick Beverly because like Kawhi gives you kind of that, that sort of like quiet toughness but if you look at like the Lakers right like LeBron is their show, right? He's screaming at the officials. He's got the ball all the time. Like, they, they look to him for everything. He's yelling at all the players, whatever. If you look at the three teams in the East, like, so what's the Bucks' identity, Zan? Like, what, where do they draw that from? Like, Giannis is tough, and he plays his ass off. But, like, it doesn't feel like the rest of the Bucks like, follow Giannis. Like, oh, my God, like, Giannis is so great. It, it feels like they just need – a little bit more edge and it, it seems like the three teams in the East that are still alive. And, and again, by the time this airs, probably one of the two of Boston or Toronto is not going to be like, but they all have some edge. They all have some identity and then they all have really good coaches like nurse well, he, and Brad Stevens. And yeah. so like, those guys are great, man.
0: It sucks from Milwaukee's point of view. Cause um, we've seen like shades of this before and it can't, you can't help but think about it. Like Giannis is really effective. He's really good. MVP, I thought, deservedly so.
1: He was the best player in the league in the regular season. It's but stupid it that now people are going to take the It does remind
0: of you of young LeBron. Never. And remember, young LeBron, he, his team won 66 games one year. And, and lost last, to
1: Orlando, right?
0: Yeah, lost in the conference finals. They won 61 games the next year. Lost in the second round. And then he got frustrated and left. Um, same with Durant like he kind of hit the ceiling with his original team and then left it's like we've seen this over and over again lately and it's like how do you not expect well, that to be the same conclusion
1: how different would Russell Westbrook's career outlook be if Clay Thompson just scores 20 points in the third quarter of game six in the 20 well, we
0: don't know if they would have won no and that's why. Yeah, like, they
1: probably wouldn't have, but I mean, they were. The game was. But that,
0: that's why we get spoiled by this idea of like, Jordan's the best player. He wins the title. When LeBron won a title, he had, what, two Hall of Fame teammates on each team. I think Kevin Love will make it. I think Kyrie will make it based on the title yeah
1: and chris um, bosh chris bosh maybe doesn't have the counting stats to do it but that's partially because he went to miami and they won two titles there like i, I think Chris. Right. Bosh or for, is- let's
0: say fringe hall of famers i mean like you have two fringe hall of famers on your team that's not a bad supporting cast and um chris milton good player not making the hall of fame eric says not making the hall of fame you know has Bledsoe even made an all-star team i doubt it um
1: Bledsoe, no, he does not have. Yeah, Brook Lopez probably did at
0: some point. You know, yeah, with twenty years with, ago.
1: Yeah, with uh, yeah, twenty years ago. I just it's funny, man, because like this is this is the thing with like both Houston and milwaukee right and they're not similar in in any sense like we we do tend to forget that like houston is the four seed right like this is the one versus the four seed like the lakers were the one seed like they were the best team they had a better net rating like the lakers were just better than houston all year right but you talk yourself into it because it's a different style my milwaukee on the other hand was the best team in the nba this season in the regular season like they had the best net rating like it is what it is but you tend to talk yourself into like these are the results that we expect to see and you don't really realize like the playoffs are just so different, right? Like you're playing games every single night in the regular season and you just don't have a ton of time to adjust. Right. So like Harden and Giannis, like those guys can go for, you know, at some point like Giannis is going to throw up like a 50, 21. Yeah. I just kind of like,
0: it's hard for me to like logically accept that because I do understand the difference playoffs regular season and like Milwaukee had such a good defense and getting those stops and getting in on transition was so important for Giannis. It's sort of like Team USA. Like, they would dominate
1: when they would get steals and just, like, dunk and
0: transition. Sorry, I meant
1: the uh, fourth quarter of that Golden State.
0: It's okay. And so I get that there's a difference between the playoffs and the regular season. I just have a hard time, like, with this idea that it's the playoffs. You know, they know how to stop Giannis now. They'll build a wall. It's like, if you're whatever, you know, regular season, James Borrego and Charlotte. And you see Giannis coming to town. Like, don't you think that idea has crossed your mind already? But
1: It, it has crossed your mind, but you, you don't necessarily have a ton of time to get away from your, like, own principles. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying that you're wrong. Like, teams do it. Like, we watched Miami do it in the regular season. Like, they just were prepared for Milwaukee. Like, they just – and again, I'm not – you know, like, it, it's very hard to – here's the thing, right? So, it's very hard if you're the Lakers, okay? If, let's just take Lakers, for example. Like, you play Houston on January 12th. It's hard for you to say, like, all right, we're going to double them all second half, because then when it doesn't work, then you just do you just not go back to it, right? At least here now you have time to kind of check it out. This is what I said. Like, I, this is why I respect Frank Vogel so much just for doing this is, like, he looked at literally every possible outcome, and then they were ready in game four. Like, they had their game plan ready. They had their rotations ready. Like, he knew what to do, right? He played Dwight and JaVale in game one. It was abysmal. It didn't work. He benched Dwight in game two, and then played Javale. They almost cost him the game to start the third quarter, and then he gets rid of Javale. And then in this, the fourth quarter, they go for the doubling thing, and then all of a sudden, like he plays Javale to start, and then he starts Keith in the second half of game three. So now they know what they're doing, right? You don't get a chance to do that in the regular season. You don't get as many opportunities to do that. You can't box and one the Celtics on like you know, March 10th, because like, if you, if it fails, like you're not going to get a chance to go back to it. You're not going to get a chance to work on it. Right. You don't have a practice day in between to watch film and work on it. Cause then you're going to play another team. So it's possible to do little tweaks, but you just don't have enough time to like totally implement what you want to do. And so you have to kind of like, see what your progressions are. Otherwise, like you're just kind of flying blind. Right. And that's why I think Bud is so hesitant to do it. Cause I think Bud thinks like, all right, whatever we've done in the regular season works and it took them until game three and a half to, like, realize, like, all right, we need to switch. Like, I just, again, like, that, those things to me are so comical. Right.
0: Well, because and the, that's the why, margins like, are so thin. And sometimes you don't have the choice. Like, if you're Houston, like, we only have this one yeah, they play this we have style. to play this way.
1: Correct. And I think Milwaukee feels that way, too. Like,
0: right. No, I, I think a lot of teams, and that's why I, th- I think Clippers are the best team, just because it's like they can – do anything like you could play big you could play marcus morris at the five you could do you know play lou williams and patrick beverly together you could play neither of them um they just have so many hands in their deck and not because we're not going to talk too much about the clippers denver i would i'm standing by the idea that clippers are clearly the best team i think they're going to win the title
1: i don't think they're clearly the best team anymore i don't
0: really i'm not saying like they are are eight leagues above i'm just saying that they're if objectively the best team
1: if frank vogel commits to the anthony davis at the five lineup for most of his minutes i think the lakers and the clippers are are even like I, i i don't i'm not saying that i don't think if the series can go either way like it certainly can and it'll be fun to watch paul george and Kawhi both guard lebron like that'll be exciting i think i just i don't think the lakers are a notch below them if they defend the way they've defended against the Rockets. And I understand it's different personnel, and I, and I, I get all that. I just don't – I don't. I, I mean, because, like, here's the thing. Like, the Clippers, they don't play a perfect style, right? So, like, the, the Rockets, like, the way that the Lakers have taken them out of what they can do, why can't they take the Clippers out of what they do? Like, why can't they funnel the Clippers to mid-range? Like, why can't they not switch? Why can't well, they, they, they do. have to a I bunch mean, of, the
0: Clippers do get easily funneled in the mid-range. Yeah, They're exactly. And, and Kawhi, they, you know, it's really – you know, putting on his best Kevin Durant, like, hat and just, like, doing too much mid-range, but he's so good at it.
1: Yeah, it doesn't um, matter.
0: I think, I'll just say right now, you know, it's not even happened yet. Who knows what happens with Denver? Who knows what happened with Houston? I would predict right now, based on what I'm seeing, I think the Clippers are, like, a 4-2 series better than the Lakers, but I've underestimated LeBron before. I don't know. I don't And know. it's possible that he's just the best player in the series and, and he leads them to the title. I mean, it's, is it ever going to feel more... Maybe since Golden State Houston, though. Yeah, this is exciting. It's like Clippers Lakers.
1: It's what everyone wanted all year. In the semifinals. It's going
0: to be so anticlimactic to see one of those teams win and then have to play another series.
1: I I will say this. I think people are going to be surprised at how well Marcus Morris does guarding Anthony Davis. I'm I'm serious about that.
0: Or LeBron. I mean – he he's
1: capable he's competent as much it's just as weird because it's like a, it's like a weird personnel thing like marcus morris is so annoying he's just like such a he's like such a dick if you will so it's like people watch him play and they're like oh yeah he's actually good at basketball and i think that like we won't see i don't think doc will downsize i don't think we'll see like paul george or Kawhi on anthony davis much at all yeah. i don't think i, I, the I could most see doc thing. being stupid though and being like Let's play Zubak 35 minutes
0: a game. Like, I couldn't see that. I love Zubak. So, you know, I'd be. He's good. But He's a good player. I think that the wild card in the in the Clippers Lakers series is going to be Lou Williams. It's going to be Montrez Harrell. Because it's like Lou Williams theoretically could like carve up Rondo. But if you leave him out there, does LeBron hunt him down, you know, and mm. switches and stuff? Like, yeah. It, or, or Harrell's not a good defender either. So, like, that's a little scary. So, um, yeah, they can't, yeah, maybe maybe the Clippers would play like the wrong hand.
1: I don't know. It'll be tough. I think Harrell is a good defender, not a great defender, but he also has a tendency to be like very overactive, and it'll be interesting to see if that bothers Anthony Davis or Anthony Davis is allowed to is able to like kind of play through it and you know get Harrell in foul trouble because like they need him. Uh, I will say the one other thing I want to talk about with the Denver series is three one game five, uh, six thirty Eastern on Friday night did you catch Michael Porter's comments after game four and did you so he kind of they asked him about like the game and he was like you know obviously Jokic and Jamal Murray are like great players but like we've got to find a way to get other guys involved and like that's on the coaches and people were kind of like very critical of that and I don't want to like paint with a broad brush about Michael Porter because I think like people want players to be honest and so then when they are honest they get criticized and I think it's a tough situation but Michael Porter has become quite a storyline in the playoffs and I'm very curious just to, I just want to say like from an interested observer standpoint I'm very curious to see Michael Porter's career arc because like I said before he's going to score a lot of points in the NBA like it's very clear like the kid could score can he do anything else at, at an above average level I'm, I'm not sure is he going to be you know he's been a star his whole career right like wherever Michael Porter's been like the show has kind of followed, like is Michael Porter going to be a guy that the Clipper or the, that the Nuggets are like, Hey, this is great. We have Michael Porter. Or like is Michael Porter going to have, be a, a hard guy to fit in at when it's all said and done? I'm just curious to see how it goes. And if you think his comments about the coaches finding ways to get other guys involved are a reasonable thing for. a No, I mean, to say.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, he seems like a knucklehead, but. I just think he's really good. Um, I've talked to some Nuggets fans who think his defense won't be a major issue because maybe you play him with Jeremy Grant, who you know is more active. By the way, um, Jeremy
1: Grant, free agent, going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. Um,
0: he'd be great so yeah, on the
1: Rockets. Too bad they can't afford him. Yeah,
0: be, he'd be great on a lot of teams, like Portland. He would uh, be really good on a lot yeah. of
1: teams. All right, last bit of news. Again, I guess. What about uh,
0: because we might miss Game Seven, Toronto Boston? You just want to make a pick so people know how wrong or right you were.
1: Oh. <sighs> Yeah, do I want to do that? I don't know, man. I love this series, though. For people who are like, God, I hate basketball. Like, old school basketball is so much better. Like, this is old school basketball. There's no post-ups or anything, but these teams just are, they're just playing so hard. I am, I think top-end talent is always better in a one-game sample, right? Like, it's more likely that Jason Tatum has 40 tonight than it is that Pascal Siakam has 40. And, And I will say, if there's anybody star who's fallen, it's Siakam can only go right. The Celtics are totally fine with him having the ball. They don't care when he gets posted up. Like, I think it's very important for the Raptors to not get too heavily into giving the ball to Siakam and Iso on Friday night. I'm gonna pick, man. I'm gonna pick Boston. Uh, I guess I don't know. This is pretty close to a coin flip. I think I, I yeah, could really it's scary
0: because it's way. like I'm gonna be like managing a hedge fund with, with this hedging. But it yeah. reminds me of Utah, Denver. And I was, like, proud of myself for thinking Utah had a pretty good shot of winning that series, and they went up 3-1. And then Denver wins two in a row. And then by that point, you're like, gosh, it feels like Denver is slightly better. They're probably going to win game seven, and they did. And same with Boston. I'm like, I think Boston's going to win this series 4-3, I I predicted. They go up. I feel great about it. But then Toronto, and that championship DNA, I guess, wins two in a row, so you figure they have a little more momentum Marcus Smart's not going to hit five threes in a row every game, and like does Boston need that? I don't know.
1: Boston is a, a two and a half point favorite, which surprises me a bit. Uh, not not even that it's like that crazy, but Toronto. It is to like
0: play. it is like a coin flip, right? Like these yeah. might be the two most even teams that are going to match up in the playoffs.
1: How about this craziness, right? Houston right now is, uh, minus, Houston is plus six and a half for Saturday night. Saturday night, eight PM, right? But then on Bet Online, you can actually get, you can get odds for Lakers Clippers Monday September fourteenth. Wow. So they're they're already assuming Houston's cooked. By the way, Clippers minus two and a half if that series goes off on Monday. Oh, that's interesting. So Vegas likes the Clippers slightly better, despite the fact that they'll be the road team on uh, Monday if that, in fact, is the way the series goes. I uh. I don't know. Toronto and Boston has been awesome. Game six was amazing. Norman Powell and double overtime was like super fun. Kyle plays so hard. They did a great job on Kemba. They box and won Kemba a lot of the game and it really bothered Kemba Walker. So it'll be interesting to see if they do that again on Friday night. But again, like we're going to probably miss that. So uh, last thing I wanted to talk about Billy Donovan, really interesting, right? So Billy Donovan not coming back as the head coach of the Oklahoma city Thunder. Uh, It said the parting was mutual just as every breakup is framed as, but it it turned out that that sort of really was the case. Like they offered him a two year extension before the restart. He said, no, like, let's see what happens. And then I read that like Sam Presti just like brought a case of beer and they just kind of like hung out and talked about the last five years and just decided like, you know, the way the Thunder are going to move forward isn't necessarily what Billy Donovan wants to do. Like he doesn't really want to rebuild, doesn't think he's the right guy for the job to do it. And so he is now going to be a free agent. I think he'll probably get a job, this job cycle, if he wants one, right? Like Billy Donovan's a pretty good coach.
0: Good resume. He's rebuilt his NBA reputation.
1: Certainly has. He did a great job this year for sure. Yeah,
0: And like, even if you, even in college he had a great resume I and mean, he winning two titles with you know four, back to,
1: yeah back-to-back back back you know, like years powerhouse yeah
0: and even in the nba you i think this year was just so good for him because they, they were seen as underachievers with westbrook and Durant. but it's like you know look we, we won more games than we did last year and yeah. he's never won less if you adjust he's never won less than 47 games any year i mean like he's clearly done a it, good job yeah i think it's well over things. 500
1: i think it's two things right like one it's it definitely is more of a sign that Oklahoma City is just like we don't we're not going to try to resign Gallinari. We are probably going to try to move Chris Paul. So like, Schroeder, you know, whatever that guy, do whatever you want with him. But like, it, it think, shows yeah. that Oklahoma City is is definitely going to rebuilding, rebuild, right? And like, I think so,
0: around SGA, yeah, it makes sense. I don't know. I don't know what the ceiling is there. But also like I I rooted for Billy Donovan just since that first season, they won 55 games, they blew the 3 1 lead. But people act like he showed up in the building and they had a 3 1 lead. You know, like he was great. They won the Spurs
1: they won the Spurs series because of him. Like they won the Spurs series because he went big in that series, and otherwise they probably would not have won that series. But
0: you know what? I thought he was actually going to be a candidate. I, I kind of anticipated maybe a parting of the ways here. I thought he would have been a candidate for the Knicks. You know, he's from New York. They want like a big name coach, a proven winner. I mean, wouldn't you rather have Billy Donovan than Thibodeau right now?
1: I would rather have just about any coach than Tom Thibodeau with the roster that they have.
0: But so where did, where does he go? Because there's not that many like high profile jobs right
1: now. I think Philly is a is one. That's a good one. They haven't hired Ty Lue yet. They're talking about trading for Chris Paul. Like he, one thing that Billy Donovan does really well is he is a great communicator. He does well with stars. Like we've seen that his whole career. I think Philly is a is a really good chance. I don't know if he makes the most sense there. I also don't know if they're interested in Billy Donovan, right? Like I have no idea. But I think he makes a lot of sense. He he seems well, I to was thinking
0: get either there or New Orleans or else he would go yeah. cuz is he really going from Oklahoma City to Indiana? It seems like they're slightly better, but it's not
1: a huge difference. So I I guess the thing with the Thunder real quick by the way. So like let's say that we've talked about Chris Paul. He has like 2 and 84 million left on his deal, right? So it's obviously going to be, you're going to trade him for probably a depreciating asset. Like, but you, maybe you get another pick with it. I I don't know. But, but also like, I guess Gallinari, we know is a free agent. Steven Adams has one year left on his deal and Dennis Schroeder has one year left on his deal. So are we assuming that all three of those guys are on the trade block right now?
0: I think so. And and like, who do you hire as a coach if you if you blow it up? Like, if you're like, like the Cavs, are just going to be like, you know what, J.B. Bickerstaff's fine. They should no, hire. We're a young, be bad.
1: They should hire a young guy, right? Okay, but like, and
0: a cheap guy, right? Like, you're not going to hire Kenny Atkinson for whatever five million a year if you're going to win twenty games next year.
1: It's so it's so weird too because like their their roster is is fine, like it, it's okay. Like, let's just assume all the three of those guys are gone. But it's like you have Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort. That guy is that guy's? He's part of the future. Lou Dort is part <laughs> okay. of the future, right? But then after that, like. Basically, oh, Basely is pretty good. Like Darius Basely, I thought I like he was good in the playoffs. Too.
0: But then, like, but would you trade Do- Dort for Giannis?
1: I mean, Oklahoma City would say no. <laughs> you, got, you need yeah, a hardened stopper in the playoffs. Yeah, that's, not, that's not Giannis. So I think, like, this is an interesting thing. And I think we know the draft has gotten moved back probably a month. I think we're probably not going to see NBA preseason or regular season games until Christmas, would be my guess. I think that's what's going to happen. I think the league year is going to be a little further away than we think. So that means you and I have tons of time to talk about whatever. Going right, and
0: coaching, on. and the one most interesting thing that the media is going to lap up. I saw Indiana's interviewing Becky
1: Hammond. And, well, they that list had twenty names right. on it,
0: though. But like Becky Hammond, we've always said like she's pretty far away from being a head coach. Maybe not. Just like pure resume, but now it's harder and harder to make that argument. And she's going to be interviewing a lot of times. And if you, if I was running a team, I, you'd have to at least interview her. I mean, she's worthy of that. And if she keeps getting denied and denied and denied, that might be like a sticky political situation.
1: Here's what I think about be- Becky Hammond and jobs. Like, I don't think she's going to take a job like this. I don't think she'll take a Thunder job that's a rebuild. Cause like, she's not going to take a job where like in three years, you're still winning 25 games because you just don't have the horses. Right. Cause it, let, let's be realistic here. Like if the Thunder do move on from all the guys that we've talked about, like they, they are, not very good right like the team is just not good and so we don't know what's going on with the draft the 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 picks they have are good but like houston will blow it up and so like the 2026 first round pick will probably be pretty good but like the picks they have the next couple years like they're not going to be particularly high picks zan it's not like you're getting Amani bates like right and so
0: what but i do think the idea of tanking makes sense because looking ahead at next year's draft i was doing some research on it and you and you know this already inherently by hanging out in the playgrounds like you do um this year is like a bad draft and it's also a bad draft in terms of like positions you know like guards and centers but the next year is like really strong with like bigger wings and that's exactly what everyone wants
1: in 2022 like which is likely the double draft which everyone's talking about like that's gonna stack up probably from a prospect perspective being one of the strongest drafts of the last Yeah, so i think we're gonna see
0: some teams like embrace a tank more next year
1: It'll be interesting to see if teams hold on to first-round picks like they were in the mid, like like 2015, 2016, where like nobody wanted to trade first-round picks, like they just hoarded them like they were gold. Are they going to do that now because the next couple drafts have a chance to be very right. good?
0: But like just glancing around, I would say Charlotte should be tanking. Cleveland kind of already is tanking. Yeah. Um, definitely. If Oklahoma City blows it up, they might throw their hat into the ring.
1: Like my question is, where do we see from Chris Paul? Like, because there are a couple teams that can make it happen. Like, would Oklahoma City? trade chris paul this this is insane i haven't seen this anywhere but i just you think about the andrew wiggins deal like would they just trade for andrew wiggins in a first round pick right because there's no way they're trading like the second overall pick but or like would they take al horford's deal because they want to lose and then some collection of like this maybe like i don't even know would you trade like matisse civil al horford in a first round pick for chris paul if you were the sixers
0: I don't know. I mean, I'd have to like sit Chris Paul down in a room with Ben Simmons to see if they could get along.
1: I think Chris Embiid Paul did the, alienate
0: Blake Griffin. Embiid
1: would be the bigger problem. He like Well, I just don't
0: care about Embiid as much. He's a problem, a child anyway.
1: But but those types of deals, right. That's that's what you're looking for if you're Oklahoma City. Like you're not gonna be able to trade Chris Paul for God, I don't even know. Like you're not gonna trade Chris Paul for like a really good young asset. It's, it's just I not think I would happen. do that. If
0: I'm the Sixers just because it's like it's not working well enough. And we've seen Chris Paul Personality-wise, maybe clash with people, but he played well with Harden. He played well with these point guards here he in Los City.
1: He's a Hall of Famer. He was great, and he was great in, with the Clippers. Like he just right, but there was always this
0: reputation that like he needs the ball all the time, and that hasn't proven to be true lately.
1: Yeah, you just want him to have the ball in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, unless it's against James Harden. I guess <laughs> it would but, be fun but, to watch. Like, would you trade? I don't even I don't even know another team that really makes a ton of sense for him, like Miami, but like they don't need Chris Paul. Like I don't know, maybe if Miami comes up super short, they trade Tyler Hero for him. But like that doesn't make but sense. Yeah, like,
0: Miami's lurking in the weeds because remember they re-signed Igudala to this weird extension that <laughs> made no sense except for the idea that it could be a matching contract.
1: Correct. That's actually very true. Teams like think long like that, right? Like they they do that. But like what about Milwaukee? Like, can they would you trade I don't even know. Like, would you take Bledsoe and like DiVincenzo in a first round pick? I don't even know if those, those contracts probably don't work. He, the guy makes 41 million. But like, I, I'd be more stuff?
0: inclined for Philly just because their stars are already locked up. So, you know, if it doesn't work, at least they're stuck, <laughs> stuck with
1: us. What if they really um, want to tank? So they trade Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Oh.
0: That would be really hilarious, actually, because I I do think the Kevin Love for Andrew Wiggins, like, redo trade actually makes sense, too, to some degree.
1: Um, Oh, my um, God. For Golden State? Yeah, it it does. Yeah, I mean, it would
0: be kind of fun to see, like, a double reversal trade
1: i mean the, the interesting thing about this offseason is going to be like who gets paid a ton more money than they should even though they're good players like who's going to pay gallinari 25 million who's going to play jeremy grant's going to make sixty, seven well, million? It, like
0: and it's weird because it's like a weird offseason in general with the whole world um facts but interviews. it's a weird, weird offseason because there's not that much cap space there's not that many free agents there's not that many draft picks that are, you know, blue chippers, but next year we're yeah. saying it's a strong draft. Next year is going to be a strong free agent draft class. And next year, a lot of teams have room. So I don't know how many teams are just going to like kind of wait in the weeds and, you know, save up their energy for that, that and really try I mean, to remake and, their team. And, that, and that's the, the next thing.
1: Year. There are several teams like, like, again, like Houston, Philly, Milwaukee, Portland, like, those four teams, like, this is the window. Like, you need to try to win a title in the next year or two, and then everything kind of falls apart, right? Like, and, and so that's where, like, like, if I was Jeremy Grant, seriously, like, it's funny that we keep bringing him up, but like, if I was Jeremy Grant, like, I'd look really hard at the Trailblazers, and I'd be like, okay, how can I make this work? Like, he deserves to make a lot of money, but like, if I'm Jeremy Grant, like, I don't want to go to Indiana. Like, I don't, I don't want to go to Chicago. Like, those teams can't win, but like, he could be a really, he could be a title swinging piece on it. I mean, he could resign in Denver and think that they're going to be good enough. I, I don't know.
0: Telling, it's telling that we're talking about Jeremy Grant. We're talking about Gallinari. Who are there good aren't players. any
1: other free agents. But
0: the next year, 2021,
1: that class is ridiculous.
0: Giannis, not bad.
1: Um, He's not going to be a free agent. I'm gonna play another couple Kawhi
0: guys against. that it might be some value, player, player options, but a guy named LeBron James, a guy named Kawhi <laughs> Leonard, a guy named Paul George. I mean, it could be a major. So those guys are
1: just all going to re sign two plus ones again.
0: You never know. Paul George know, might get like, yeah, butt Paul, hurt about
1: something. Paul George might go play in like China. Like there's a chance that like he's like, I, I don't even know. And again, then, then we're still in a situation next year where like we still have this Brooklyn Nets team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And it's like, again, like I just think that there are like legitimately 10 teams that can conceivably open their championship window and keep their championship window open and it's just like there are very few guys that can actually really help other teams and i think that that's one of the deals that like i just i just wonder like if if philly is just like all right we're gonna mortgage for the next two years like we're just gonna try to figure it out because if we don't win a title right now then this whole process nonsense was done who the hell knows how long Embiid has like we can conceivably still rebuild short around ben simmons and so, does it make sense to trade some of your young guys, what, whatever young assets you consider Philly to have, for a guy like Chris Paul? And I, I think that 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 you know, makes sense.
0: Can I ask you one last question? I know we're going long, I'm just curious. How long, if at all, before Brett Brown gets another job? Because he, he haven't heard you might get at the all. Thunder
1: job. Seriously, that's a good point. I a good fit. think yeah. that Brett Brown will. God, I have no idea. I honestly don't know. I, he's an interesting character because, like, I think he is a good coach, and I think they're he's very well liked. I don't think he wants to go back to being an assistant, but he is that type of person where he could do it for a year or so.
0: Like Ty Lue did it and rebuild his stock. Could Could Brett Brown go back to San Antonio and rebuild himself as like the heir?
1: definitely so could, definitely could i mean he absolutely could I, I think there's a possibility though that like he's the type of guy like scott he, he has like a scotty brooks type reputation right. where it's like all right he's not quite good enough to win you a lot of games but he is good enough to get you to the point where you can hire the next guy to win you a lot of games you know what and i mean
0: oklahoma city like a rebuilt oklahoma city makes a lot of sense
1: and i don't even again he may not want that job who knows like the, the the amount of like the one thing i will say this will be the last point we make on coaching but like the one thing i will say about coaching is like when you're in the mix and you go 100% for X number of years in a row, like maybe Brett Brown wants to do TV and just coach the Australian national team for a year. And just, you know what I mean? I like,
0: I, I, if I were him, I would try to get what you can. I, I don't, I, you know, he reminds me more of like, I know a, you love the guy, but he reminds me of like a Vinny Del Negro where it's like. Yeah,
1: Vinny Del Negro, I never loved that guy. What are you talking about? No, he i saying had,
0: like a likable coach who did okay and then never got another chance because he's kind of
1: feels like a wah-wah coach, you know? Yeah, Vinny Del Negro, though, he played for the Spurs. Was he part of the Spurs? Oh, he was. I have a Vinny training? Del Negro story. He played for the Spurs. But anyway, you've told the Vinny Del Negro story before. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he, to me, like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that Brett would be good or bad for any specific job. He might be better for Oklahoma City than all the other ones, just in, in the vein of, like, that's what Oklahoma City is. But I uh, – I'm just saying, like, I don't know if guys want to coach. I told you the story before about Mike Brown, like, after he got fired from the Lakers, like, or. Like, he just was fine not coaching for a year. He was, I'll tell you what, it. looks like a
0: grind. You know, of hard knocks, like NFL coaching just seems like he would burn out so quickly. Man, I don't I'll know how Bill what, Belichick does it for 30
1: years. I'll tell you what else is a grind being an announcer in the bubble. Like, Mark Jackson seems like he's done 400 games in the last two months. Like, every time we turn the TV on, Mark Jackson is announcing a game. Like, that guy, he's just like, it's amazing. I, you know I don't what, you know, know what's
0: man. really hard about being the bubble. The hardest job in the bubble is being a, a COVID Co- tester.
1: COVID tester
0: you <laughs> having to get those sperms handled.
1: could you imagine real quick like could you imagine like daniel house he's in the interview with the league like they're interviewing him right and, and they're like you're not allowed to have people who like aren't approved in the bubble and he's like well she's in the bubble she's right COVID i told my
0: wife that who's like and, a, in medicine and she's like that sounds fine i
1: mean right she, and then they're like no but like tested. she wasn't approved like you can't do that and he's like yeah but she doesn't have coronavirus because she gets tested and she's testing us and he's sitting there and he's like, what did I do wrong? And like Kiki Vandaway is like sitting, he's the guy that does like this one for the league. And he's just sitting there being like, no, it's not allowed. And he's like, okay, why? And they're just like, it's not allowed. It's just right. like-
0: it's, It was a stupid thing. And it's not like, you know, kicking out James Harden, but- it did affect the result it, it, to some degree.
1: And, and here's the thing, like, I guarantee you, like, I always wonder, you know, like, I don't know if you, you don't really follow baseball, but you saw this with like, the you saw a story with the Indians earlier in the season when Zach Zack and Mike Clevenger like went out to a bar and the Indians were like, you can't do that. Like they sent him down to the minors, like they sent him to the alternate training site and then they traded Mike Clevenger, like. This isn't a situation where, like, I think Daniel House, like, just deliberately didn't follow a rule. Like, I honestly think that what we've seen reported, like, Daniel House didn't think he did anything wrong. I think Daniel House was, like, it's... Well, like, did he know the rule.
0: rule? I mean, like, you, you might debate, rule? like, the dumbness the, of the rule, but do you, if, think if COVID, you know it's a rule You're and you're violating it, then...
1: hundred percent. I totally agree with that. But, like, do you think that Daniel House read the league manual and in the league manual it said, do not invite a COVID tester into your room?
0: I, if they didn't mention this kind of stuff they, they did it them the players a disservice because i guarantee that's, it was on I, everyone's mind
1: i agree and then they're also saying like that's he may be sweet, subject
0: sweet tester rooting. like he
1: may be subject to a quarantine and that's and i guess they're saying because like obviously if he slept with a girl like she wasn't wearing her face shield the whole time because you watch people that oh no but you know what i'm saying like that's the whole part of this is like, he probably thought like this was the safest way for me to do something dumb. No,
0: totally. I, I want to see a picture of the girl. Have we seen oh her? Oh my
1: God. Now I have to cut this out because. <laughs> no, no, I'm just
0: curious.
1: No, I don't know who she is. And again, like I, I'm saying, like, I, it doesn't feel like in the interviews I've seen with Mike D'Antoni, like he doesn't seem super disgusted about it. Like, I'm sure he's pissed, but like, it doesn't seem like he, you know, he's not throwing Daniel House under the bus. Like none of the players are like, it doesn't seem like they're like upset about it mm-hmm. other than the fact that like, he can't play. It's not like they're like he deliberately violated the rules and screwed our chance to beat the Lakers, even though that is kind of partially what happened. It's just like a weird...
0: Yeah, it's, it was kind of, you know, if he did know the rule, it's selfish. Like there's no... 100%. In, there's no I in Daniel House. Do you know that? That is true. It's a you. Yeah. Um, but it sucks because I, I think he was at, on the verge of like a mini breakout,
1: you know, like a... He was having a good playoffs. Yeah. He's on a super... He's on, like, super com- like good contract, too, so they can't afford to cut him because, like, they, they need him. So it's funny. All right, that's it for us this week. Uh, game seven, Friday night, Lakers-Rockets on Sunday – or on Saturday, excuse me. I would assume the Clippers close it out on Friday night as well. Uh, and then, I don't know, we'll talk on Monday. Maybe we'll have the first – we'll definitely have one Eastern Conference game to talk about because that's starting Sunday no matter what, right?
0: If, if we were – more popular podcast we had more of a media presence i would live stream twitch style clippers lakers series with you i think it'd be so fun to
1: watch maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll do that for one game all right uh ellison at gmail.com email the podcast he is an underscore ellison on twitter and reddit Zan, as always this time less of a pleasure because we had to talk badly about james harden but it's if i have to talk negatively about james harden with anyone i'd want it to be you <laughs> right, take care. Thanks for listening to the Underdog Sports NBA Show with your hosts Tyler Laurie and Zandrick Ellison. Tune in next week for more NBA storylines and news.